Previously, on Let's Find Waldo. Son, I have to tell you something. What is it, Papa? Well, there's no easy way to say this, but your mother and I are robots. What? Also, we're getting a divorce. Janet? Ice mocha for Janet? Um, Janet's been dead for nine years. Pills, Henry? You're taking pills? It's just until I get my scholarship. There won't be a scholarship if the school finds out. Uh, watch your step. This is an active crime scene. He was found face down in the lake. What's that on his arm? It's a tattoo. The Chinese symbol for Japan. And do you, Hannah, take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? In sickness- I object. What are you doing? This is a wedding, not a court of law. Listen up, detectives. We're looking for a man about six feet tall with a muscular build. Oh, God. Who isn't? One of these glasses is filled with scotch. Another one is filled with poison. Oh, I'll take the scotch, please. I can't operate on this boy. I'm his mother. Okay, but like, why can't you operate on your son? He's going to die. Waiter, there's an engagement ring in my champagne. Sir, I'm so sorry. I'll bring you another one right away. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been 12 minutes since my last confession. 9-11, what's your emergency? Nine one one. what's your emergency? There's been an accident. Okay, ma'am, I'm gonna need you to be more descriptive than that. I'm your new teacher, Mr. Garibaldi. What happened to Mrs. Blake? Kelsey, don't you understand? I want to spend the rest of my life with you. But, Sean, I'm a flautist. The orchestra needs me. So, how long have you been a firefighter? Since the day I was born. Well, that's bullshit. Is that a banana in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? It's actually a gun. Edward, no! She sells seashells by the seashore. And what does he do? He's dead. Please, call me Simon. Mr. Greer is my father. But Mr. Greer is my father. Siri, what's the weather? Siri, what's the weather? Siri? Oh my god. Welcome to Let's Find Waldo with Mark Dowling. My name is Mark Dowling, and this is Let's Find Waldo with Mark Dowling. This is the show where I describe pages of a Where's Waldo book to you, and hopefully have some fun along the way. We are referencing the Where's Waldo 30th Anniversary Edition book, ISBN number 978-0-7636-9579-8. Today we're looking for Waldo at a department store, and as always, he's left us a little message to help us get started on our search. Hey, Waldo watchers. I saw some unforgettable sights today. Lots of racks and tables full of colorful things, some demonstrations going wrong, and a man checking a washing machine by washing his own clothes in it first. Phew. Incredible. Thanks, Waldo. So this is one of the most crowded scenes that we've looked at so far. There are so many people here shopping, so many people be shopping, and frankly, I think this is a bit of a fire hazard. Like, if I were a fire marshal and I was at the department store on my day off and I saw this, I would say, time to go to work. And I would take out my whistle, I would blow it, and I would say, toot toot, you gotta scoot scoot and make everybody disperse, because I'm not one of those let-it-slide fire marshals. I'm I'm by the book. My first priority is safety, and I'm not letting a day off get in the way of that. This department store is all one level, so there are no stairs or escalators or elevators. 
the three modes of vertical transportation. No, it's all one level, and there are several kiosks, which I'm so excited to talk to you guys about. But first, we're going to start in the lower right corner of the right page, where we see a baby in a stroller. Now, this is an old baby, or a toddler, as some people might call it. And you ever see a toddler in a stroller, and you're like... That kid is way too old to be in that thing. His legs are like dragging on the floor. And you can't help but wonder, is he still breastfeeding? Because if they're letting him ride in the stroller, what else are they letting him do? And look, don't get mad at me because I didn't make those dots. I just connected them. So when you sit down to write your weekly hate mail, send it to somebody who deserves it. Send it to Jamie Spears. Free Britney. I'm going to say it. Free Britney. By the way, I watched that documentary and there's a scene where, well, I guess it's not a scene because it's a documentary, but there's a portion where Britney's old assistant shows a photograph of the two of them in New York City. And she says in a really thick Southern accent, it was our first time in Times Square. And I have not been able to stop saying that since. So I highly recommend that documentary. That old baby in the stroller is being pushed by his mother, and the mother is falling asleep. So she's had a long day of shopping. She's worn out. She's not paying attention, and she's pushing the stroller over a man's foot, and that man is wincing in pain. And keep in mind, this hurts much more than it normally would because of the size of that kid in that stroller. Next to that, we have an underwear display, And the word display in this case is being generous because this is basically just a table with loose underwear on top of it. They're not in any sort of packaging and they're also different styles. So there's no organization going on whatsoever. Uh, It's sort of like a TJ Maxx where any surface can be a shelf. It's just a free-for-all. Now these people are standing around the table looking at the different styles of underwear and I'll explain them, don't worry. We have a pair of briefs, which are also known as tidy whities There are boxers, which have a classic heart pattern on them. There are blue boxer briefs, which are a combination of those two, uh, a hybrid, if you will. There's a red thong here. Hmm. If you don't know what a thong is, I would direct you to the debut album of American R&B singer Cisco called Unleash the Dragon, where he wrote a song called The Thong Song. And uh, just a a masterpiece, a thong anthem. I think that song single-handedly led to the thong boom of the 2000s. Everybody wanted a thong. They were flying off the shelves, left and right. Selling like hotcakes, these thongs. Now, in that song, Cisco has a lyric where he says, Dumps like a truck. Now, I don't know, I guess dump could be a slang term for rear end, but it's also a slang term for what comes out of the rear end. So is he actually saying that this girl's ass is so big that she takes dumps the size of trucks? Is that how he thinks the human body works? Like the bigger the ass, the bigger the dump? If you have any idea what Cisco was talking about, please let me know. Or I could check Rap Genius. Rap Genius a website where they explain to you the meaning of lyrics in rap songs. So 
Rap Genius Thong Song. Cisco Thong Song. There we go. She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Okay, so it says, This girl has big thighs and a butt that are nearly perfect. There is a pun in the first of the two lines with reference to the term dump truck, making obvious reference to a large rear. Cisco himself clarified the line in a Huffington Post interview published on August 25th, 2016, noting what I was really referring to was a dump truck when it backs up, it's like beep, beep, beep. So she had dumps like a dump truck is like when girls do a booty dance move and they look back at their butt. She's like a dump truck back, back, backing it up. So there you go. From Cisco's lips to your ears, we now know exactly what it was he was trying to say with that lyric. And what a deep lyric it was, by the way, because it leaves it up to the listener to decide what he was trying to say. Let them put it on to themselves, you know, like, uh, what's another lyric by, but like, uh, like, Let It Be by the Beatles, you know, what does Let It Be mean? You decide that. You decide what that means to you. So Dumps Like a Truck is basically Cisco's Let It Be. Let's get back to the Waldo book. We're going to move to the left of that underwear table where we see a man in a lime green suit who is whistling at a woman who is with a man and they're pushing a stroller together. So this man in the lime green suit does not care that this woman is clearly married with a family. Though maybe she's not married. Foolish of me to assume that. Is she wearing a wedding ring? It looks like she's wearing a ring, but it's on her right hand. So, do you think when a married person wears a ring on their right hand, it means they're in an open relationship? Look, and this is a family show, okay? So, what I want you to do is sit your kid in front of whatever device you're listening to this on, and I'm going to explain an open relationship to them. Hey, champ. An open relationship is when two people who loved each other very much are about to get a divorce. That's all I know about open relationships. Just above that, there is a kiosk selling men's shirts and ties. There's a woman standing behind a cash register. And she works there. She's not just a shopper who wandered back there. Though I suppose you could do that if you were in a department store. You could just look at the uniform that the people who work there are wearing and then go to the section of the store that sells that clothing, put it on in the dressing room, and have free reign of the store. But I don't think that's what's happening in this case. There are two male store clerks in this section, and the uniform, by the way, the men are wearing blue suits, and the women are wearing white tops with blue skirts that go just below the knee. So the two male store clerks in this section are showing clothing to the people who are shopping, and one of them is showing a bright yellow button-down shirt that has strawberries on it, strawberry pattern. He's showing that shirt to an old man who is definitely not going to purchase this, but I think he's being nice about it and he's humoring the store clerk, letting him do his pitch, but I think any moment now he's going to make an excuse and walk away. The other salesman is rifling through shirts that are hanging on a rack, and he's trying to show a plain white button-down shirt to a customer who could not be less interested in this shirt. This man is wearing plaid green pants and a sweater that is half red on top, half white on the bottom. An outfit that I would call 
fashionably adventurous. So a plain white button-down shirt is not the right choice for this man. And I don't know why the store clerk is trying so hard to sell this. I'm thinking maybe there's a surplus of white button-down shirts in this store. And when he came in in the morning, his boss was like, You gotta move the white shirts, Peterson. I'm up to my neck in white shirts. If we don't sell these shirts, I'm gonna fucking kill myself. I, you know, I don't know. It's hypothetical. I don't know if that's the case. But regardless, this man is not going to be able to sell this shirt. Moving up and to the right, we see three washing machines side by side, and we see that man that Waldo was talking about earlier, the man who has removed all of his clothing and put it into one of those washing machines. And he's standing there in just his underwear, and people are staring at him. Let me ask you, who is weirder in this situation? The person that's just doing their laundry, or the people who are staring at him? Move on, folks, okay? Also, while this might seem like an insane thing to do, we don't know his story. We don't know what led him to be in this situation. He could be a perfectly normal, well-adjusted member of society, and he was just in a pickle. Like, he was a businessman on his way to a big, important meeting, and then, like, a car of youths pulled up, and they threw yogurt at him, and it got all over his clothes, and he was like, I can't go to the meeting looking like this. They won't take me seriously. They're going to call me Yogurt Man for the rest of my career. So he saw the department store and he was like, I got to do it. And he ducked in, found the washing machine, put his clothes in. And, you know, he's just sucking it up and doing what he had to do. Or maybe he's a savvy shopper and he's testing out the machine before he buys it. It's unconventional in this case, but it's not completely unreasonable. Because, like, you wouldn't buy a TV without watching it first. You wouldn't buy a mattress without laying down in it first, so why would you buy a washing machine without doing a load? Also, why are these machines plugged in if they don't want you to use them? Think about that before you cast judgment on someone. There are two store clerks in the vicinity, one of whom is reaching out his hand trying to get this man to stop. But I think he's trying to get him to stop because there are no dryers in this department store. He's trying to warn him, if you wash those clothes, you're not going to be able to dry them. So if this is the yogurt man situation, his attempts to avoid embarrassment in the meeting are futile because he's either going to go to the meeting covered in yogurt or drenched in water. So it's really like flipping a coin. Which would you rather? I guess if you work for YoPlay, you can show up covered in yogurt because I'm sure many people who work there are covered in yogurt. It's what they do. But, I mean, what are the chances of that? The other store clerk is sitting on top of the middle washing machine. I'm not sure why he's doing that. Maybe trying to catch a little prostate massage. Sorry, I know it's a family show. So what I want you to do is sit your kid in front of whatever device you're listening to this on, and I will explain what a prostate is. Hey, champ. It's me again. A prostate is why Grandpa takes so long in the bathroom. All aboard the comedy train, next stop, Callback City. It was our first time in Times Square. Okay, moving to the middle of the right page, we see a hat display. Now, this display differs from the underwear display we saw earlier. A, because these are hats and not underwear, and B, because this is much more organized. 
Each one of these hats is on a little hat stand. And there's also a bigger variety of styles. So I want to go through each one of those styles, but I understand that it might be a little grueling for you to sit there and listen to me just list different types of hats. So I'm going to try and do that in 30 seconds. That way you can just hit the 30 second forward button and then you can rejoin us after I will have listed all of those hats. So I'm going to start talking about the hats right now, first we have a blue fedora. I'm not really going to talk about the hats, guys. Those saps skipped ahead 30 seconds. They're never going to hear this. This is secret time between you and me. And I want to talk about how Amelia Earhart is still alive. They say she ran out of fuel and crashed in the Pacific Ocean. She was an expert pilot. There's no way that she ran out of fuel. Okay, she's probably living it up on some secluded island. And sure, she's like 120-something, but that does And a green Panama hat. Those are the hats. Moving over to the right, towards the edge of the page, we see a man in a stroller and a child pushing that stroller. So we have a little bit of a role reversal here. A Freaky Friday situation. It's not clear how this happened or how it will end, but they will definitely both learn something along the way. Moving to the top of the page, we have a vacuum cleaner demonstration. There are four store employees, two men and two women, and they're showing off both upright vacuums and canister vacuums. The upright vacuums are the old-fashioned kind that have the big bag and the cord that plugs into the wall. The kind of vacuums that if, like, Dyson walked into this store... He would look at it and he would just shake his head and he would say, all my prototypes were for nothing. And then a single tear would just roll down his cheek and he'd pull out a little tiny vacuum cleaner and suck it up into that. Just off to the side, there's a female employee who is selling a canister vacuum cleaner. She has an attachment in one hand and the vacuum hose in the other hand. And she's so focused on selling this attachment, she doesn't realize that the hose is sucking up a woman's dress. And that woman is panicking because her dress is about to come off. And today is laundry day. She's wearing her granny panties. Any other day, she'd be wearing a thong. And people would look at her and they would say, she got dumps like a truck. But today, she's wearing them granny panties. I think Cisco needs to release a follow-up to the thong song about granny panties. You know, it's been 21 years. He needs to show that he has grown, that the world has grown. You don't have to wear underwear that other people want you to wear. You wear whatever underwear you want to wear. Moving down, we see two shoppers who are holding hands and looking at each other lovingly. Look, call me old-fashioned, but I think the only place that two people should hold hands is in the bedroom. You get ready for bed at night, you brush your teeth, you put on your pajamas, and as you're walking to your separate twin beds, you can hold hands then. But in public... I also hate when people do it in public because they take up more space. You're trying to get somewhere. Like when I see two people holding hands on the sidewalk, I like to walk right through their hands. That way, not only am I literally 
breaking the bonds that they had. I'm also metaphorically breaking that bonds because I always wear a t-shirt that says divorce on it. That's my job. I was hired by a divorce lawyer, Lenny Birnbaum. Lenny, of, you know, Lenny Birnbaum of Lenny Birnbaum and Associates, the famous diverse lo- divorce lawyers. Though they are diverse lawyers. They do a really good job at hiring over there. So they, they got me and I came in and I said, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, of course. Why not? Below that, we have a bald man who is reading papers. Now, you know what? This is actually more annoying than the hand-holding. This guy is just standing in the middle of the store reading the paper when everybody else is trying to go about their business. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I think the only place you should read a paper is in the bedroom. Moving over to the left, we are now crossing over the middle of the book, and we see the suit section. So there's a salesman who is helping a customer try on a blue jacket, but he's doing that thing where he's bunching it up in the back so that the man sees himself in the mirror and thinks he looks good in this jacket that is way too baggy for him. So a very dishonest thing for a salesman to do. There's a female store clerk standing behind the cash register, and she's dressed a little differently from the other store clerks. She's wearing a white top, but with a black skirt and a red vest. So the red vest indicates to me that she's probably the store manager or something like that. She's watching this happen, this salesman pull a fast one on the customer, and she's smiling. So she's in on this. There are a bunch of people standing around also watching this happen, and nobody is saying anything. I think everybody in this department store is in on this. This is all a ruse just to get this man to buy this jacket. You come to this department store the next day, it's an empty warehouse. Man, what is this, a a Twilight Zone? Is this a CBS All Access Twilight Zone that we got going on here? That is one hell of a twist. So even though we know everybody in this scene is a con artist, I think we still got to carry on to try and find our friend Waldo because Waldo is not a con artist, okay? He is just a drifter and drifters never did anything to hurt anybody. Moving on, we see four women who are giving an ironing demonstration. You know, irons, you iron your clothes with. I don't think I need to clarify that. I don't think these four women work for the store. I think they work for the ironing company because they're all wearing their own uniform. They're wearing these bright yellow tops. One of these women is standing at a counter and she's showing off various irons. People are mildly interested in this. I think as interested as one can be in an iron. Behind her, there are two women who each have their own ironing board and they're each ironing a pair of slacks but they're both being distracted by a very handsome man in a maroon suit who is hitting on them, and they're into this. So since they're distracted, they're not paying attention to what they're doing, which I guess is the definition of distracted, but they're pressing these irons down firmly on those pairs of slacks, and they're burning them. Smoke is coming out of there. So not a great demonstration on how to iron, but I guess a pretty good demonstration on how hot these irons can get. Moving to the top of the left page, we see a dressing room, and there's a kid in a green hoodie who's causing problems. He's trying to show off in front of his friends because he's pulled back the curtain on that dressing room, and inside we see a heavyset man with a goatee 
who is trying on a green Speedo, and he is just caught off guard by this, did not expect it. And this is the problem with curtains, is you can't lock a curtain. So you're vulnerable to this. Dressing rooms should all have doors with locks on them. Also, let's stop letting kids go places. Not even unsupervised kids, just in general, no kids, are, or at least let's designate certain stores where kids can go. So like, kids can go to Macy's, but they can't go to JCPenney. Gristini's, kids can go to Gristini's, but they can't go to D'Agostino's. And then uh, a third example. Moving down, we see a boot display. And these boots were made for walking, but nobody's walking in them right now because they're on sale. So we have all different colors. We have red boots, we have brown boots, yellow boots, green, blue boots. And guys, guess who's shopping for boots? It's Waldo. There you go. We found Waldo. I know you might have been skeptical at times. It's hard not to be, but you were riding with me, and I never lost faith. Hey, here's something fun. Whatever you're doing right now, stop it and take a selfie. Then keep that in your phone, and you can always go and look back and remember what it felt like when we found Waldo together. Oh, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back after this. Well, that does it for this episode of Let's Find Waldo. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Jessica McKenna for playing Waldo. Jess can be seen on things like Craig of the Creek and Star Trek Lower Decks. She also has a podcast called Off Book, The Improvised Musical, which is just fantastic. I also want to thank Liz Noth, Alex French, and Sarah Grace Wellborn for being in the intro. Now you, listener, if you would be so kind, please rate and review this show on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate it. But I understand if you just want to go about living your life. That's fine, too. That does it for me. My name is Mark Dowling. And until next time, remember, if you are lost, there will always be someone there to find you. If you fail this test, you'll have to repeat eighth grade. And what if I pass? You'll be the new principal.